Hello and welcome to More Like Guidelines, an actual player game design podcast. I am your host, Jessica Crimes, she, her, and from our usual cast, I am joined today by Candle. Hello, I am Candle, I am your local agender nightmare. And we are joined by... Uh, um, sorry, <laughs> I, meant, I meant to check. I meant to check. How do you want to be introduced? As a comedian? As We're a fortune teller? As... I, I think, honestly, like that's the perfect way to introduce me. We're joined Today by... Today we... <laughs> <sighs> <Beagered> sigh. <laughs> yeah. This prick. <laughs> all right, well, that's um, staying in now. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, hello, I am Guy Kelly. He, him, very much putting the guy into more like guidelines today. So, Guy, I think this is a bit of a departure from the theme of guests we've had on the show so far. Normally we've been getting on um, people who are in actual player podcasts, professional tabletop role-playing game developers. Would you be able to give us a bit of insight into your level of familiarity with the genre? Well, um, tabletop role-playing games genuinely and sincerely frighten me. Uh, whenever I play them, I feel incredibly anxious and incredibly uncomfortable, which is really strange because I'm an actor, I'm a comedian, I'm an improviser, I've, I've done all of the things that you need to do. Like, I know how to roll dice, I can do funny voices, I, I've done all of these things, and I've done all of these things in front of audiences. But when it comes to small numbers of people sitting around a table or around a Zoom meeting, and the sort of interconnected, like everyone's relying on each other to have fun. That, for some reason, puts the willies right up me. Um, so, terrible guest to bring on, TBH. Hello, I'm <laughs> delighted to be here. It is a delight <laughs> to have you here, and I am sure that nothing will go wrong at all. You have a background <laughs> in sketch comedy, right, Guy? Uh, I do, yes. I was with a sketch... Funnily enough, um, before I was doing sketch comedy, I was doing improv comedy with one of your previous guests, the lovely James Ross. Um, So did uh, improv with him, then joined a sketch group called the Beta Males. Uh, We were quite good for a while. Um, Then I accidentally killed the group by advertising, saying, hey, we're doing this show, and it might be our last show ever. Um, and then that seemed to drive up ticket sales, and I think we very much uh, took the short-term option of going like, "All right, fine, <laughs> let's let's kill our sketch group to sell this room out." Um, I've got to respect it. Um, that, the reason I ask, I've got a background in improv myself, but you're not the first person with a background in sketch specifically to mention having that feeling about the small, intense group of role-playing games. I wonder if that's a theme. Um. Really? Who's the who's the other person I might know? Oh, um, from my time back in Leeds, from the very much basement of a pub scene. <laughs> Which is honestly my favourite comedy scene. Oh god, yeah, I've, I've been I've been really missing that over the past few months. The, the last gig I did was Tom Tuck and John Luke Roberts' lovely Alternative Comedy Memorial Society which just crams people into a tiny room and it's all about doing the, the sort of the stuff that you can't really do on the circuit because it's just too odd. There's an acceptable list of heckles, like it was a failure, but a noble failure. Um, and that it, it really felt like being back in the, the small, dingy pub corners and doing odd comedy. It was lovely. I could fill this whole hour talking about how much I miss weird alt comedy and making mistakes on a stage in a basement. But <laughs> we do have a game to make. So, 
I am going to start our one-hour timer, and then I'm going to read for Candle and Guy a couple of the suggested role-playing game titles that have been submitted to Twitter. So our timer is starting now, and we have exactly one hour. Oh dear. Let me know if any of these jump out at you. First of all, from Ido, we have Time Team, the RPG. From Jonathan L. Howard, we have Doubloons and Dragons. From Magnificent Josh, we have Samurai Sommeliers. Sommeliers? <laughs> Samurai Wine Waiters, Tactics and Tannins. And nice. finally, from Nina Jaden, we have Superhero Sheep. My first okay. question, Candle, are you familiar with Time Team? I have no idea what that is. No, my, my, my immediate first thought was, oh, is that is that something to do with time travel? Or is that like Paw Patrol, but with so, Doctor Who? Listeners should know, Candle is currently based in Florida. Guy, I think, yeah. do you want to explain what Time Team is? Uh, time Team is a British light entertainment archaeology program uh, where basically people would find an archaeology site, archaeologists would dig, um, an affable actor whose name I've completely forgotten uh, was the host Tony Tony from Blackadder Tony from Tony surname <laughs> um, and like one of the most common refrains was uh, it's a burial ground it was a man from sort of uh, south of England no the geophase indicates that it's a burial ground and that's I think all that people remember of Time Team it is um, spectacularly okay, so it's- gentle. <laughs> so it, it it was it was a little bit of of like a, a archaeology reality show then. Reality implies a level of drama. Yes, this okay. was the least dramatic thing in the world. Like maybe people would find a skeleton and it wouldn't be like bum 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 oh god, but it would be like oh, right. This is quite interesting. You can tell now by the facts and where. Okay, it was so buried. it was it was a camera trained on a dig site. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And then, yeah, just very gentle voices occasionally sort of butting in and talking about trowels. I feel like we could make something out of that with the caveat that I still have really no idea what it is. I think that adds to it. Um, What about our other ideas? We have um, Doubloons and Dragons, which essentially a pirate adventure. That's a pretty blank canvas. I have no idea what I'd do with Samurai Sommeliers. That's what kind of excites me about it. Samurai Sommeliers, it's... I think there's an interesting maybe parallel to be drawn with the sort of uh, very regimented sort of samurai hierarchy and, and the code of honor and with sommeliers and the sort of the slightly sort of the slight sort of stiff and distant approach you'd get from a sommelier. Um there might be some fun to play with that. But also I don't go to restaurants that are found well, of course I don't go to restaurants. If you're listening to this in the future, where restaurants are a thing, um ah. Yeah, uh, presently I don't go to restaurants. Um, Nobody does, ideally. No. Yeah, because it's it's murder, isn't it? The apocalypse. <laughs> um, what was the what's the other one? What was the full name of the Time Team one? Just Time Team the RPG, and then time we team also the RPG. have superhero sheep. Superhero. I feel I feel like there is a lot of potential in the idea that you could have a very gentle RPG based on digging up various things. Make it very narrative. Yeah. Yeah, very narrative. And also we could get very creative with the sorts of things that are buried that people are finding. That's fun. Because if you have it as a sort of cooperative, I mean, I I know a lot of RPGs are are cooperative, but cooperative in the sense that everybody is working together to 
dig out a specific thing. You could do interesting things with with pen and paper, not just keeping sort of keeping tabs of of stats and that, but like literally sketching things out and and making as a group the thing that you're digging out come to life. That, Obviously, the opposite of life because yes. it's dead. <laughs> Well, and I'm also thinking that there could be some fun to be had with uh, different players trying to come up with the story for why this thing is buried here and what the, what the history of it is. Oh, I like My that. favourite thing about doing this show is that we can make a game that has zero commercial viability. And I think yep. Time Team the RPG might be the zenith of that the absolute I, highlight I, I feel like i'm in in the right place here i've i've put my entire built my entire comedy career on zero commercial viability so i am <laughs> fully prepared uh to go head first into this all right well let's take a swing at this then we have 55 right. minutes on the clock to try and make time team the rpg now we have a running theme on this show of replacing dice with some kind of ridiculous prop, like burning tarot cards or snapping sticks. And or I sometimes get the feeling, with nothing at all. Sometimes we just don't make any rules. That does occasionally happen. <laughs> I'm feeling like this is going to be one of those where you're not necessarily rolling to dig. We could add something a bit clunkier, a bit more physical to it. I was thinking, I mean, it depends. I First of all, do you, do you get many people playing these do you get listeners uh, sort of writing in or whatever the internet version of that is and saying hey I, I played your uh your game that you made over the course of an hour and it was weird every single one we've made so far is physically unplayable over voice <laughs> chat blended <laughs> well even better so my my initial idea was was rather than dice and that because uh, it's archaeology and archaeology from what i remember of time team involves a lot of dusting like you dig a little bit and then you get a special brush and then you spend fucking ages just like brushing a stone and then you keep brushing and then you keep brushing a stone so i think this might be a nice way to use uh, you know the little the ramekins you get from such as a goo pudding yeah i think oh, yeah. using them and some sand every player gets maybe a ramekin of sand and for each move you spend a small amount of sand either on a piece of paper or or something like that that then later gets fucked about with by little brushes. I like that. The angle <laughs> I, I thought it. you were going to take that was into a kind of reverse Warhammer, where you've got <laughs> miniatures and you're just gradually unmaking them, brushing <laughs> away the paint. <laughs> yeah, just like using some turps and very slowly <laughs> cleaning them and, uh, and melting the glue. Oh, that does appeal to me. I like this idea of the yeah. ramekins of sand. Um Turning yeah. actual sand, dirt, just general fill. 2021, the year where we're literally playing with dirt. <laughs> I feel like we could make something out of that. Absolutely. I'm also wondering, is there any way that we could bring toothbrushes into play? Toothbrushes, that is a typical archaeologist weapon of choice. It yeah. is, isn't it? That's why so many of them are shit at jewels. <laughs> um, well, um, what if... Quite often we put, you know, a, cl like a class system into the game, not in the oppressive bourgeois sense, <laughs> Although, but um, in the sense of, you know, different people start off with, you know, different pre-made roles. What if your archaeological implement defines an aspect of your character? So some people are physically using a toothbrush to do this. Someone might have a teaspoon. All very feeble. 
We could just give one person a hammer. It's a big hammer. And they get one move. <laughs> my, my thought is, um, is this all the, the entire team of players? Are we all uh, excavating one object? Do we all have our own objects to excavate? Or maybe we could have most of us excavating and then one person whose job it is to destroy it at all costs. The saboteur. Yes. The anti-archaeologist. <laughs> the past is there for a reason! <laughs> <laughs> I think the first question that we have to ask that I'm being led to here is... Are we definitely wanting to make an RPG, or are we just making a game that's played with sand? Because I'm open to either, <laughs> but so far... Do, how, how much do we want the physicality of the sand to be involved in the process of the game? Because I'm fine with theoretical sand, but I could also do real sand. I think I'd, I'd like to bring some real sand in. No, I was just going to say I chose sand because it's an incredibly annoying substance. Um, it's nature's glitter. Yeah, like you get some sand and then you've just got some sand. (laughs) There's nothing you can really do with it. No, I I used to work at the Crystal Maze live experience and the first time I stepped foot in the Aztec zone, I had sand in my shoes for the next year and a half. It just, it won't, it just stays. Are, Are you saying that our goal here is to give players something to do with the sand that they inevitably have laying around the house? Yeah, your house sand. <laughs> and yeah, if you don't have house sand, you can use glitter, you can use flour. Store-bought is fine. Anything that'll get in the way. <laughs> yeah, don't use salt and if it's raining. That is true. Okay, so our mechanics for this game so far are covering an object with sand and that's it. There lies <laughs> the question. So... <laughs> Presuming that this is some kind of role-playing game, the characters that we're playing as, what's their goal? What are they trying to accomplish? Are they just at a dig site having a dig? Because that does sound pretty soothing. Well, if it's specifically Time Team the RPG rather than just archaeology buddies, I think there should be an element of trying to make it engaging for a sort of an unseen audience. You're putting Because if a it's show. a TV show... Yeah, if it's a TV show, it's got to it's got to be interesting. I was thinking we need to have a narrator. Oh, we need a t- Tony you, Harrison. Yeah, do you, do you know that? You remember that um, Jackbox game where uh, you have a presentation and one person is controlling the slides and the other person is is trying to come up with a presentation that adheres to the slides. Yeah, I was thinking we could have something along those lines of someone who's improvising a presentation or a story about the archaeology that's happening uh, in in a quiet and calm manner uh, while the game is going on. Okay. I've, I think that's that that's just sort of sparked an idea. I wonder if may, maybe the use of the sand, it's not the case that each player has the sand, it's that the sand is previously set uh, by the GM. And prior to the game, th- this feels like it's off on a complete tangent, but I'm, I'm sure it relates. Um, prior to the game, the GM had cut some pictures out of magazines or tarot cards or like things with pictures on, covered with sand, and then placed on a sort of like playing surface. Small amounts of sand moved each time. Players describe what they see and the narrative behind what they're revealing. Because that oh. can bring a like 
the element of of surprise and misdirection. Like if you're scraping away a tarot card and you see a dog, you could think like, "Oh, it's the six of dogs," um, but then it could turn out to be justice or or something. And so you could have built an entire like, "Oh, and then in this area, people were buried with six dogs because being buried with six dogs was a mark of high status." But then it turns out like, "Oh no." You've now you've been talking shit to the audience for ten minutes. Now you've got to tie that back up with the new evidence that's presented in front of you. That's very interesting. I love that guy. Now we're making a game about being wrong about archaeology. Now we're making a game about <laughs> bullying an archaeologist, <laughs> which we all should do. Which we all that's want to do. So much better than what I was going to say. I'll let you know what I was going to say. I was going to say that the game could be there's a raw egg in a packed ball of sand and you've got to excavate it without cracking the egg. (laughs) That's where I was at. Uh, Let me combine those two ideas. We have a picture, like a a printed picture, something that's easy, easy to come by that's covered in sand that you have to excavate, like uh, like Guy said, with the tarot card. And then somewhere in there, we can just put a raw egg so the picture could be ruined at any time. (laughs) I don't... I thought maybe... (laughs) We should steer away from booby traps. I know I'm the one who suggested it. <laughs> yeah, that was I, an idea. I, I like the idea of a, a board game that's just got a sword of Damocles that is just an egg. <laughs> Mouse trap. Yeah, it's like playing oh. Monopoly, but there's a cream pie that could just get you right in the face at any given moment. I think more games need the mousetrap sort of uh, booby trap idea. Mm. Board games don't feel dangerous enough. Okay, so the current question then becomes, we have these shifting symbols in the sand that, as they are being quote-unquote excavated, change the narrative that is being presented by our narrator, who is adapting on the fly. We need then some kind of mapping system, mapping in the sense of, you know, assigning meanings to things or working out how a meaning can be derived. Um, I'm thinking, imagine some sort of... um... Because eventually you're going to reveal the whole picture. You're going to see what it was all along, and and then the fun will be lost. What if it's some sort of Mad Libs uh, situation where you have a series of questions, like what happened here, who was it, what was going on, and you answer them as time goes on, but you keep the answers so that at the end of the game you have an absolutely buckwild story. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Um, going with the Mad Libs flow of it, is there a way to make it much more pick up and play other than requiring a few cups of sand? Could it be a game that you could play with, I don't know, whatever you've got in your pockets? Could we find a way to um, abstract a meaning out of that? Like a playground game, grab some sand and get some paper clips and some buttons and a banana peel and then you have to make a story out of it. It, it feels yeah. a bit like we're getting slowly towards inventing an advent calendar. But instead of behind each door being a chocolate, it's an aspect of a large... We just invented Catchphrase, the Roy Walker TV show game, while trying to invent another game based on another TV show. Sorry, Candle, this is very UK-specific. I'm understanding uh, one in three of these words. That's fair, that's fair. I feel like there's there's one piece missing that's going to really shed light on exactly what this game looks like for this this could be dangerous because it does involve an open flame so possibly veering a little bit further away from from child friendly 
Um, I they have to learn. I have to one day. <laughs> things will hurt you, even though they seem fun. Um, <laughs> it's a lesson you only need to learn. Once. <laughs> you'd think. Um, candle wax, because that candle provides wax. a layer that you can't see through, but can be slowly abraded or worked away. Easier to produce, less messy than sap. Not easy to produce, I'm not suggesting, like, render down fat and, like, <laughs> whatever you do to make candles. I don't know, I'm not a wizard. But, <laughs> like, having having something, whether it's an image or, like, you actually say, a tarot card or something like that, obscured by wax of different thicknesses. So then you do have the, the tactile fun of actually scraping something away. Because with sand, you could win the game with a sneeze. <laughs> but but wax you need you need a greater sort of sense of purpose to it. What's interesting there, and it's only just occurred to me about using cards, is that that way everyone can not know which card it is. It can be a surprise to everyone. You don't need someone prepping it who is aware what's going to come up. What, wait, <laughs> are you are you saying that the cards come preloaded with candle wax? No, but you can load a card with candle wax without looking at the face if you just use a oh. shallow dish. I imagine. Oh yeah, or close your. I was going to say, I was thinking, close your eyes and like waggle a lit candle about the place, but maybe don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you could also close your eyes and dump sand all over it. That put the candle out. That's true. The candle wax is fun, though. I like that. I do. Right, like we that. are approaching the twenty-minute mark. I think we're making definitely faster progress than normal. We actually have I- a game here, or the yeah. core of one. I agree. I think we have more mechanics uh, at the 20 minute mark. You said 30 minute mark? 20, 20 minute mark? 20 minute mark than we did like the entire Helen episode. So That was a stylistic choice. Sure. <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful episode and a wonderful game. Well, as somebody who's quite new to this, I'm, I'm both astonished and delighted that it sounds like things are actually progressing. That is my constant state of being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's about right. What I normally like to do now, while we have a semi-solidified idea of the core mechanic of the game, is step away, look at a different area of this whole construction, and just let that simmer for a bit and return to it later. So the place I would like to jump over to is the question of who are you playing as? Are you playing as the time team crew? Are you actually playing as characters? I would quite... This is touching back on what, uh, what Candle mentioned earlier. I I like the idea of bringing in sort of D&D-adjacent classes, against previously mentioned, and different classes get different tools, and maybe like different that. amounts of time to... Different amounts of time to do do their bit. Whatever their bit is. Oh, I see. So it's not simultaneous. That makes yes. sense. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You implement a timer so, of some kind. Let's, first of all, let's just pin down a couple of options for the list of classes. We've got the toothbrush. We've got, did we say a hammer for the um, barbarian, so to speak? I would enjoy a hammer. Yep, I think more board games need an entire actual hammer. Yes. yes <laughs> Snakes and ladders case. and hammers. <laughs> <laughs> Butter knife? Butter knife is good because, again, not... This game is for children. Not too lethal, yes. <laughs> good. We are really... 
We've got a theme going here of gentle danger, to, uh, which I suppose is appropriate. To to touch on the the idea of of geophys and like the sort of uh, computer based modelling that was so exciting, so exciting on Time mm. Team. Could one class literally, if it is a card, just be able to hold the card up to a lamp and see if they could see through it? No one else gets to look at it while they're trying to sort of shine light at it at different angles, but they have to describe what they see. Because that gives you an abstraction of a sort of blurred image, which is very much what the Geophys offered. Either that, or that could be representing an interview with an incredibly niche expert. I've just had an idea. Uh, Please. Imagine if we have... Uh, this this person who holds it up to the light. We have the 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 person with the hammer. The different archaeologists um, who are playing this game, and then we have the narrator who is uh, talking, making up a story as as each round goes by on on what the item is or, or what happened. And what if we had? Uh, I know I I may be going off on a tangent here, but if we had a player whose job it was at the end of every round to draw a picture of what they think the object is going to be. And that's what they have to show the narrator. Who ha- it's like a game of television. Oh, that's lovely. That is quite charming. So that okay. the all they have to go on is not the, not the object itself, but one of the players' abstractions of the object. So then it gets more and more convoluted and and confused. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. So it's adding another layer of difficulty. Yeah. I also like okay. that this entire conversation is just slowly ramping up the fuck you towards archaeologists. The the <laughs> implicit idea that they've got no idea what they're... They're just diggers. They just go digging. They don't know what they're doing. They're idiots. I feel like all of us have a lot of um, repressed anger towards archaeologists. Yeah, you muddy pricks. Reason. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> I, need to, um, I need to make a disclaimer. To the one archaeologist I know that listens to this show, I'm sincerely sorry, but, you know, you invited this into your life. (laughs) I know an archaeologist who's also a stand-up comedian, actually. Lovely man. Oh, really? That's interesting. I've got, got, I'm not going anywhere, though. That, it's just a thing. I I could have said, I've got a silver car, for all all that it offered the chat, but... um, No, wait, hang on. I want to know more about this silver car thing. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it, it used to work as an archaeologist. <laughs> right. Um, Pixar's cars for the archaeologist. Carchaeology. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My concern currently with the game... <laughs> <laughs> Singular, singular concern <laughs> is is the narrator having one narrator for the entire game. Is that gonna get a bit either a bit weird or a bit boring? We could potentially have it be as each person does their excavation, either they or the person to their right does a cut to camera interview, and they're the ones explaining oh, what they're that's, doing, building it that's as they go. That's a really nice shout. I like because that. Because then if you've got yeah. a different explanation for each person who's doing the the, the digging or the archaeology ying, then that means you've got more drawings for the person who is putting together. And more contradictions. Yeah. Potentially each person... 
each person's quote-unquote character, because the lines are getting really weird here between <laughs> is there a character, each different character has their own thesis that this dig could potentially prove, but they're largely mutually exclusive. Uh, okay, I want to be clear here. I, the character, you are playing yourself as an archaeologist who has no idea what they're doing. Can I? That's interesting. Can I throw a curveball into this? Do. Can I drop a, a touch do. of a touch of coup or a touch of Avalon into this? Maybe Please. at the start everybody draws a card, which is a motive mm-hmm. card, and through what they're describing, mm-hmm. they've got their own motive. Either dinosaurs were pretend, uh, electricity is fossilized. That's so just just oh. mad, some sort of mad shit that they've got to work in to their descriptions of what they can see, and they've got to justify the bonkers stuff that they're seeing. So if it is... Oh, this is now a History Channel special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe just one person has that. Oh. So, like, everybody's handed a card and it just says, you're a friendly neighbourhood archaeologist, and one person's says, you're a dinosaur truther. I'm going to see this curveball coming in and to muddy our sports metaphors, I'm going to volley it (laughs) and posit that throughout the majority of the game, you are trying to build a foundation from which you can eventually argue your nonsense without giving away exactly what your nonsense is too early on. So is is this leading up to everyone gives a presentation at the end of the game? Yes. And possibly... What they use instead of slides is the drawing that best matches what they want to present. Oh, I love that. That's interesting. Oh, I do love that. I want to play this. Do we want to go with separate drawings, or do we want it all to be just one particularly large drawing that everyone's adding to, so that it is all slightly contradictory? Like a sort of exquisite corpse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. Just like real archaeology. Okay, I think. Can I just we have just, just to jump in there? It's it's like real archaeology. Following on the back of everybody draws something different on a bit of paper. What you've just suggested is people go to an archaeological dig site and hide bones there, and like like someone's got a rucksack full of bits of old Roman pottery. They've got some like Egyptian knickknacks. They've got a tusk, and they're like, right, I I reckon I can get that in there, and these fuckers just won't see it coming. <laughs> I mean, when you've got the stuff lying around, what else are you going to do? Right? Honestly. <laughs> Someone's stolen from a museum and is like, I'm going to have some fun with this. Yeah, I'm going to put this back where it belongs. Hey all, Jess here. I just wanted to take a moment to let you all know that The Carving Bones, an epistolary horror series by our very own Kendall Mutilinski has just begun its second arc. Why did the Madigan estate close so suddenly in 1918? What made it go dark? What killed the inhabitants? And what happened in those three months of silence before the bodies were discovered? With its focus on exploring this mystery through the letters of the estate's long-dead inhabitants and the emails of those currently trying to learn the dark secrets of the Madigan estate... The Carving Bones presents a uniquely compelling narrative that horror fans will be sure to find enthralling. You can find it for free at thecarvingbones.com, 
and you can follow Candle on Twitter for regular updates at Candle Lantern. Links, as always, are in the episode description. The Carving Bones, concerning a love, a curse, and a hunger. Back to the show. All right, so we have Ramekins of Sand, classified by IRL Tool, Toothbrush Hammer, Knife Brackets Butter Lamp. We have a pending list of alternative historical beliefs that you are trying to build evidence for to eventually deliver a coup de grace in the form of a speech. I think we should now turn back to the actual act of digging and of gathering information. Um, currently, we've been talking about burying cards, tarot cards, something like that. Mm-hmm. My concern is you would either need a deck that people aren't familiar with and so can't, like, recognise, ah, oh, it's the death, or the death. you need some stand-in for tarot cards that isn't immediately readable, because most tarot decks tend to kind of prioritise readability. Well, there's always the option of going the drawful route, getting the worst artist in the group to draw something, and then having everyone try and figure out what it is. Um, uh, to fuck up the mechanics one one final time. Oh, please. Um, ra- rather than sand or candle wax, I I think I've had an idea that might actually work. Uh, which is whatever thing you're trying to excavate, whether it is a drawing, a car, something weird you've printed off the interlake whatever um before play starts cover a bit of newspaper in wallpaper paste cover the entire surface of like the the, whatever the image is that you're going to be playing with so whether it's a cardboard with like a sheet of cardboard with a duck drawn on it or whatever cover that with newspaper and wallpaper paste or pva glue or elmer's glue for our transatlantic cousins um and then the archaeology becomes like actually trying to get the glue off. Some bits of it will be harder than others, so some bits will be more suited to a knife, or some bits will be more suited to the toothbrush. But also, it gives the very real threat in archaeology of being a bit, bit too much of a keen archaeologist and ruining a bone. Because if you if you're like chipping away at some uh, newspaper and wallpaper paste, if you go a bit too hard or a bit too rough, you'll damage the thing underneath. Which is what happens when you're this way. This way, if you choose the right article, if you choose an article with, you could use a an article from a history magazine, something that's going to have a lot oh, of history hello. words in it, and then <laughs> you're literally words. using those words that you excavate. Yes. Yeah, you could just get get an encyclopedia or something, like blackout poetry, but it's it's sort of an excavation yes. rather than using yeah. oh rather than using an image, you're using words. I really like this game. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'd play this in person All right, I'm when gonna things are over. Update my notes. So, yeah. Because I was, of... I was wondering, because there is a certain point where... I'm sorry for interrupting you, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> did it again. Uh, I, I, there, there's a certain point where like everyone would be able to figure out what the image is. And mm. if you have different words, then people would immediately, at the very beginning of the game, be able to draw something from that and come up with a beginning of a story. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. then if you're if you're doing it like as the base of a um, of a history magazine, you could then have not sort of not DLC, but like expansion packs. So at Halloween, you could do it with a page from Forty and Times. 
at Christmas, you could do a page from <laughs> Santa Magazine, and like I've had. No, Sorry. I was I was petering off, but I kept talking because I like the sound of my own voice. I had nothing to add. That's fair. Something um, to do with those New Yorkers you're never going to yes. read. Yeah, I've had an idea, but to just quickly research this idea, I need the name of a history magazine, yeah. and I'm... Yesterday Today. That's not a real magazine. I just, I just said it with Is all the confidence and enthusiasm <laughs> of a middle-class cis white guy. <laughs> Uh, Jess, I am what just about ready National to believe anyone at the drop of a hat. National Geographic? That's not history, that's geography. <laughs> they do history. Geography the, the opposite, opposite of, history. of history. They do Space they do and time. History. There is a history magazine. Just history. Okay. Is it just called history? What I was thinking was, could you basically get a printout of the index for some kind of broad scope historical magazine book encyclopedia and that way if you're working with the index you can also kind of aim for certain uh, words this could almost become a sort of word search type scenario we're combining a lot yeah. of different ideas here in really interesting and then ideas. the egg and then the egg and then yes. the egg gets broken by the <laughs> hammer i still i do feel like we should have one player just on standby the entire game with an egg and a hammer who can use it when <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I think more TTRPGs would benefit from what amounts to an ejector seat. Fuck RPGs. Like, I want that at the Olympics. Like, someone deadlifting for their entire life and just a guy walks up and just cracks an egg with a little hammer and that's it. It's off. No more lifting. The egg's been broken. Sit down. Guy, be the change you want to see in the world. You break those eggs. We're sending guys Just to Tokyo. sprinting around an egg and spoon race going absolutely fucking bonkers. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Um, that's a lot of game made, and we still have a good 25 minutes on the clock, so I get Quick, the feeling there's probably polish. a major part of the game that mm-hmm. I've forgotten about. Uh, do we have a way of beginning it? Um, no, we don't. Well, we have <laughs> okay. the actual act of covering the page in glue well that's the setup yeah um are we going then with rotating narrator rather than consistent i believe that's called a rotator that is rotator (laughs) we're going with a rotator i like the idea of of having each player tell their own version of events yeah in that case i think it is time for us to come up with what some of these um Alternative historical viewpoints could be, such as, dinosaurs are pretend, is one I've written down from earlier, and electricity has always been a thing. We've got fossil records. It was aliens the whole time. That's a big one on history. What, everything? everything. That sandwich you had last week? Aliens, mate. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Any more for Uh, The fruits are actually meat. (laughs) Is that historical <laughs> controversy, or is that just you lying? Uh, that's me eating a nectarine right now, and just looking around. <laughs> it's it's right me here. eating a nectarine right now, and there's okay. teeth in it. The actual human teeth. Oh. Um. Ooh, we could hide things in... Fr- no. We are not hiding teeth in the sand candle, or in the glue. Teeth in the sand, and you're to blame. You've made a weird game. 
new biocore tingle. History started 35 seconds before the game did. So the entire universe burst into existence, fully formed with everybody's memories artificially implanted moments before the game started. And they need to find a way to prove that. That's... That's one of the things that keeps me up yeah, at night. Nicely Absolutely impossible to prove. Or disprove. <laughs> I hate that. What's really fun is if you start thinking about you've got nowhere to know if you're a persistent consciousness. Oh, well, well we don't depressing. have persistence of consciousness. I've definitely been... No, I, I sincerely don't believe we do. That's why I'm okay with using a Star Trek teleporter transporter. Oh, see, I still wouldn't do that. <laughs> what if I haunted myself? I would ask one of you to, ex- to explain that concept, uh, but we don't have enough time. That's fair. We have 20 minutes on the clock. Um, we have six ideas so far. If Four ideas down so far for history things. How about, Let's see if we can throw a few more out. God has secretly been a duck the whole time. I'd like to stay away from religion, I'm thinking. There's a couple of areas of history, such as yeah. the mm. English and their deeds. that I'd like. Well, just, I want to stay away from any potentially contentious or awful things. Yeah, um, I agree with every you. battle that took place in the British Isles, so your Hastings, your all of those, um, even mm. though it's not covered in the art, there were mechs. And I don't mean mechs made out of wood, I mean big fucking mecha. Yeah. We're, we're talking metal, we're talking lasers, we're talking Pacific Rim, that like kind it. of thing. Uh, might I suggest the Earth used to be flat? that's a good one I like that a lot fossils move when you're not looking at them oh I love that just did you hear that one yeah and I hate it I'm writing it down right now (laughs) (laughs) well I suppose that's just a follow on from rocks are soft until you touch them oh I hate that even more (laughs) Jesus this is distressing (laughs) (laughs) I get that a lot Uh, that is seven if we can get three more down, I will consider that a great move. All animals used to wear clothes, and then they became nudists. Nice. All right. <laughs> Fashionable animals. Uh, I'm trying to think of literally any historical period, but if, it's just one of those days. Some, Brain's not on. If someone in the past shouted loud enough, the um, the, like the wave of their voice is captured uh, in the strata of rocks. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, that was almost serious. Yeah, I was going to say I, candle. You should put that on the short story list. <laughs> if I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. But like, it has recently been discovered that in the past, if people shouted loudly enough, their voices actually etched into the rocks. We lost this ability over time. I am also going to put down one more, which is just trees are new. <laughs> I've um I've been doing that occasionally when I've been when I'm out walking with my wife I will look at a tree and pretend I've never seen one before. What the fuck is that? What is that? that? It's massive. Why is it coming out of the ground? What Why the fuck? Why is it shaking? Yeah, it's move. It's moving. Aren't you weirded out? Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm going to run through these one more time. Uh, dinosaurs pretend. Aliens. Electricity. I haven't kept complete notes because I write this up while editing the episode. Um, yeah, time is new. All battles, like Hastings, had mechs, proper ones. The earth used <laughs> to be flat. Fossils move when you're not looking. Trees are new. There's a couple I didn't get down, but I'll get them on the listen back. That is pretty good. 
So that's I'm just going to try and. I really put like myself the used in to be flat. the headspace. Is there a way to generate a random historical word so that I can just give this a little bit of a play around with? Uh, here, here's mm-hmm. here's another uh, potential idea for for the conspiracy list. Uh, not as funny, but magic used to be real, and you have to prove that there were wizards. I like that. All right, I've gone to the index for ancient history encyclopedia, and. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, <laughs> There's loads of it, isn't there? There's it's been a lot happening of for ages. What I'm thinking is we could really, really quickly simulate a game by Candle and Guy giving me uh, just numbers, and I'll read off the corresponding word, and then we'll see if that is the kind of thing that could feasibly be used to construct a narrative. Candle, if you can give me a letter. A letter? Uh, a letter of the alphabet. X. Of course, of course. Let's see if there was any history beginning with X. All right, we have one, two, three, four, five, six. So, oh God, I'm not going to pronounce any of these. You're getting W instead. Okay. <laughs> w, nature's X. In that case, um, Guy, if you could give me a number from one to about 30. I would like three. All right, that's... Oh, you know what? I've, I've really realised a problem with this. <laughs> uh, with using the index. And that is that there's a pretty big chance that you're going to fall into some kind of travesty, some kind of awful massacre, yeah. something that isn't great to make a game, to make jokes about. So we'll need a different way of generating we could, a different uh, thing to dig up. We could have just a table of different uh, topics and subjects that, uh, yeah, I can just put yeah. it on the back of the game. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I, yeah. Co- cobbling together some a series of a series of small things, Not Roman forts, Viking things. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And that way, we could also have I don't know some kind of modifiers. Absolutely. Yeah. Are we going to then put in a mechanical uh, penalty for ripping the paper, ripping a card? Or are we just going to let the failure be its own reward? My thinking is that no matter what happens to the paper, you have to make it work. Okay, you just have to style it out. And that does potentially open the um, open up a pot- uh, potential for cases of accidental quote-unquote sabotage. Ooh, I like that. That's fun. I, I was thinking a, um, like a sort of a quick spin-off game where... If you if you damage the the history underneath, you have to speak to the board of history, which becomes all the other players, and you've got like Ooh. maybe thirty thirty seconds or a minute as they stare unblinking and judgmental at you, as you oh I love that like grovel and apologize and try and uh, argue why you should retain your archaeology license and not have to hand over your your toothpick and hammer. Now we're back to bullying archaeologists. To, um, yeah. Yeah, you could have to essentially sell your findings so far without necessarily leaning too far into your belief that time is new. I like that. Okay. I, I love the idea of just, uh, if anyone fucks up, there's just an automatic 30 seconds of extreme awkwardness. Yes. 
awkwardness and discomfort while you have to properly <laughs> present yourself as somebody who deserves to stick around. Um, can yeah. I just quickly say I really like the idea. I know that we've got time is new as somebody's like secret goal. I love the idea that somebody who genuinely and sincerely believes that time is new becoming an archaeologist, like this is going to be a fucking easy job. There's like five <laughs> minutes of stuff to work through and that's it. This is going to be brilliant. <laughs> That's it. In my head, these aren't your, you know, stereotypical, aggressive history channel. You've been lied to. This is the real truth. These are the facts. I want to keep that time team gentle essence yes. of... I yes. just want to show everyone. I just want to, you know, help improve the, the world. Add to the font of knowledge. The calmness is essential. Yes. Mm. And it has to be polite. There can be no insults thrown. No yeah, I think if you're going to insult someone, it has to be in that quintessential upper middle class British way of, I don't know, complimenting their brushwork using yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doing... extreme passive aggressiveness. Yeah, you're being very gentle considering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's about as far as we're going to get into playing actual characters. Mm. Is how gently can you roast your opponents? <laughs> We've made a fucking LARP. <laughs> <laughs> have and i love it well okay yeah i can now add that to the cv have made a laugh <laughs> well what is archaeology if not larping you go out into a field you dress up you bring silly toys and then you whisper stories at skeletons <laughs> fucking nerds archaeologists All... i don't mind them they're probably fine. No, no, it I sounds like you've been wronged by an archaeologist <laughs> and i want to they've, they've slighted me once this. I get the feeling that I said there was something we were going to come back to, and then I forgot about it. So that is lost polishing to the up ether. any um, bits and pieces. So there was a: do we need to take a close look at anything? And then there was: is there anything that we need to to fine tune or polish up? I believe. Yeah, in that case, the biggest thing right now is this table of history, presumably a grid of words. Can I blow your minds? Please do. We've just invented storytelling battleships. We have. Because if you miss, then you bolster the other team, uh, another person's theory as well. Yep. That's brilliant. Oh, that was what I meant to come back to. The actual act of digging. We haven't touched on... Um, are we saying there's a short time limit? Are we saying that you get to wield your tool a certain number of times and then it's someone else's I go? I think a time limit do we think? is a fun idea, especially if you've got one of the more unwieldy tools like the hammer or a knife. Because if you're mm. if you're being gentle at the start, which you should be, and you can see yeah. the time ticking down, maybe it's a minute or something like that. You know, like maybe it's time. You know what time is? We've yeah. all seen it. Um, and then you'll start getting flustered. So there's a higher chance of you making a mistake. And I think putting okay. that pressure will lead to potentially more cock-ups. I might have to do some actual physical testing after we finish recording this episode just to work out what that time limit would be, but I'm imagining it's going to be pretty damn tight oh, then. Yes. Yep. Um, in that case, with our six remaining minutes, mm-hmm. I think we'd be best served by coming up with maybe two or three different yeah, I like that. classes, items, things you can use. Um, looking around my desk, I'm Ooh. seeing a pair of nail clippers. And I'm thinking it could be interesting if you have to use the bit that's inwardly curved so you can't get a bite out of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that's kind of a sandpaper, high risk, high reward. 
Oh, I like sandpaper. You go too far and you're done, but it's very useful. How about we actually put a die in this game and we say that you can just use a dice? What, to like try and to abrade a surface? Yeah. I like that a lot. If people have been saying you've got to put dice in games. Yeah, there you go. All right. I think we've got a game. <laughs> um, we do have five minutes left on the clock if people want to spend them, but I'm happy with this. I, I'm sort of sad I don't get... I'm, I'm sad that this isn't a thing that exists in front of me, so I can have a go on it. Well, on that topic, people will be able to find this game on the Don't Hurt Birds Twitter and as a free post on our Patreon whenever you're listening to this. Ooh. So that is definitely want to check out. All right, our game this month has been Time Team, the RPG. Do we want to stick with that title? Last chance. I, I think so, because it's woefully misleading, just like real archaeology. <laughs> is it is it copyrighted? Um, Heavily, yes, but that hasn't stopped us with these games before. Anagram it. Call it Emit Meat, the RPG. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I don't know. I do like having Time Team in there because that's the only thing that suggests this is a gentle, soothing game. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it is incredibly competitive, it seems. Yeah, and damage. And you have a hammer. Yeah, cause physical damage <laughs> to an object and, and lie to your friends. What if I call it The Time Team? <laughs> that's that, that'll get, The BBC will never see through that. The BBC don't know I exist. It's fine. <laughs> For now, it will be the Time Team RPG. All right, Guy, thank you so, so much for joining My us. Pleasure. This has been brilliant. It's been a joy. I'm terrified every single time, yeah, and we all we pulled it off. Yay! Brilliant. This one, I think we almost have more of a game than usual. Yeah, this one, I think you can actually play. <laughs> no, they've all been playable, and they've all been lovely, and all of our guests have been fantastic. Guy, would you like to direct our wonderful listeners towards any of your work in particular? Very little would make me happier. Thank you. Uh, so there's a couple of things that uh, you can do. One of the things I'm most proud of, I've put on YouTube for free. It is a recording of my first solo comedy show. It's an hour-long show entitled Guy Kelly's Letter of Last Resort. It's a one-man show about mental health, toxic masculinity, and how close the world has come to nuclear war. When I performed it, it sold out its run, several people cried, and one person had a panic attack. It's a comedy. There's a single joke in it that's now out of date. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. I am at BrainMage, and I do stuff on Twitch like Cryptic Crosswords, and that is twitch.tv forward slash BrainMage, B-R-A-I-N, Mage, M-A-G-E. All of the links to these things are in the description. I would particularly recommend checking out Letter of Last Resort. Maybe make sure that you're in an emotionally sturdy mindset to do it, but it is well worth your time. Genuinely touching and very well constructed. Don't stop it. Um, while you're on Guy's channel, I would also recommend you check out the terrifyingly prophetic Masks for Men. <laughs> oh, oh, that's nearly a year old. Funnier. It's nearly a year old, and it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, while we're sending you places, dear listener, do check out Can. While we're sending you places, dear la- mm. Candle, Take do you understand about the carving bones? 
I write an epistolary horror serial called The Carving Bones, which you can find at thecarvingbones.com. Uh, it has to do with gay people, houses that eat people, and gothic horror, and uh, I think it's a fun time if fun is uh, loosely applied as a definition. The Carving Bones has just entered Act 2, and Candle is doing some horrible, horrible things to us. I strongly, again, recommend checking that out. Guy, once again, thank you so, so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me along. It's been lovely. Uh, Listeners, we will see you next week with hopefully an episode. Who knows? The world's on fire. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.